Man shall not eat bread alone. How much we rely upon those things physical when the reality of our life is is wrapped up in Jesus and that which is spiritual. And yet we're going to find today that, that the very temptations that Satan comes to Jesus with are in line with the very same temptations that he came to Eve with. Whereas Eve being of the flesh and fleshy, she of the earth and earthy, as, as the scripture also would say in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, is recognizing the first Adam as of the earth, <clears throat> that those things physical would be that what she looked to, what she relied upon more so than the word of God because the connection of the physical to the earth. And so... When when the temptation of the food, you know, that fruit that looks so good to eat come to, came to Eve, she, she fell for it, so to speak. But Jesus is not of the earth. Jesus is from heaven above. And his connection to the world, though in the flesh, is a connection that is by the Spirit. And so as Satan comes, and the very first temptation we'll look at today is the the temptation of the physical nature of Jesus' flesh, as Satan knows that he's been fasted at a state of fasting, having not eaten for 40 days, that (laughs) you're probably pretty hungry. And so he goes on to tempt the Lord by saying, tell these stones to become bread. What Jesus had to say to this response was worth a billion words, all the words of the world. Because as he taught us in John chapter number 6, I am the bread of life. We'll discover what he he says in Luke chapter 4. So, guys, God bless you. I'm Pastor Jay. This is the Preacher's Corner. Welcome to the new year. Hallelujah. It is the 1st of January, 2021. Amen and amen. I hope that you had a great day yesterday, a great night last night. Uh, We were celebrating the holidays. Amen. This is this is Shabbat uh, coming up here about 6 o'clock this evening. We'll, we'll be moving into the celebration of Shabbat, and, and what a thrill that will be. There are a couple of changes, though. So if you're connected with me right now, make sure to make some calls because tonight is not going to happen live in, in the classroom. Uh, we will not be having an in-house service tonight because... I've got several people actually that that have gotten sick. Now they they've all uh, went and been tested for COVID. I'm waiting back for a couple of the tests to find out if they're positive, but that they all have a cold. And so it's it's very important for us right now because some of our group that would meet together on Friday have gotten a cold and they have been tested that we just go ahead and 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 just not meet this week for certain so that we can ensure everybody else remains healthy and remains safe. So there won't be any in-house service. Make sure you tell everybody, uh, put the word out, and and I'm going to be telling some people to put the word out that there is no in-house service tonight, 
But if they want to catch what we're going to talk about, tune in. Four o'clock. Praise God. Tune in. And, and you know, they can always catch the recording after. So that's no big deal, right? Praise God. So definitely uh, want to rejoice with you in this moment that we've entered into the new year. And no better way to rejoice than, than Jesus conquering over that old devil. Hallelujah. We want to rejoice in our Savior's power over that old Satan. And one reason really is because in this new year, we want to have some power over that old devil too. We want to thank Jesus for giving us a deliverance from 2020 and pray that 2021 will become so much better than it was last year with so much more opportunities and so much more hope and so much more in the way of 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 blessings and don't get me wrong we don't want to discount the blessings that we have received of the lord i mean you think about the many things that god has done for us in 2020 no matter how bad this year seemed no matter how bad uh things got no matter how scary or how difficult things became Look, we've made it. We're here. It's 2021. God has seen us through even when we weren't certain that it was going to be possible that he could do it. He did it. Hallelujah. Our God still reigns. He's still on the throne. He's still in control. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Having said that, though, we definitely, as we prepare our hearts for Luke 4, we definitely want to remember those who really are uh, in a fight right now, and it, and it's tough to understand exactly what God's plan is, what God's doing. I know uh, just yesterday that Jeff, he's he's had to go back into the hospital. He's he's having to face the potential of of surgery. I know that they they sent him home uh, last night, but that doesn't change the fact that he he may be having to face a surgery for for his spinal cord and. I mean, just his bone cancer is 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 tearing him up, and so we we just want to lift him up unto to the Lord and ask God's blessing upon him and and upon Brenda and upon uh, Gene and Carol. Of course, Gene he's he's got a nasty old cold, and and he's one of the gents that's gone in to get tested for COVID. And I know uh, there there are a couple of others that normally would attend Friday that that have either been exposed to people who have gotten a cold or have a cold themselves and are awaiting back uh, testings to see if what what's going on. So it's one of the reasons why we're just going to lift it up to the Lord, ask his blessing upon us, but to be smart and to be safe, we just we're going to cancel this evening and praise God. That's that's a smart thing to do. So God bless you. Let's talk to the Lord, asking for his blessing upon our time together, upon those in our community, and then we'll dive in. Father, we we do come before you, and we do ask for your blessing to be upon us, Lord. We, we thank you for this brand new day of a brand new year. We thank you for the opportunities we have, the hope that we have. Everything seems to become new when we when we reach this point of 0101 Lord and and we just ask that you give us courage to face this new year and the potential challenges that we may have to face in it that you give us courage to to continue with you to be faithful to you and to follow you Lord in spite of whatever may occur to trust you and to to watch you work Lord <clears throat> 
May we be a, a, a children of God that are that are more prepared to meet with you. That we would settle in our heart the desire to have you and to be with you and to to be yours, Lord, to be to be able to focus on the things of God, to hear your voice, to experience your presence, and to see your precious Holy Spirit work and move, not only in our lives, but the lives of those around us. We pray, Father, that you will be intimately in the lives of those like Jeff and, and, and Brenda and Joanne Brinkley and, and her parents and and Miss Hope Mullins and and Katie Neal's Lord, as they all uh, Miss Kim Huddleston, they 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 battle through with cancer. Father, we pray for your blessing upon Jim and Trish as they've traveled down to be with their sweet little grandbaby Lane. Lord, with, that you will bless them richly and that you will give them a heart of rejoicing in this time of fellowship with their family, Miss Brittany and Mark. God, that you would continue to bless David as as he and his family are up here taking care of of Jean and Carol and and being able to visit with with their families as well, and that you will watch over them, Lord, as Jean has come down being sick, and the thing he'd love the most to do is to be around Jeff and to be around David, but he can't be around anybody right now while he's waiting for his test to come back. And he's feeling rough, Lord. And we pray for Miss Carol that you will just have your hand upon her and that you will bless her in a mighty way as she renders care to the, to the family. Lord, we pray for Miss Cheryl Lacey and, and the, the challenge of her heart right now. We lift up her sister, Lord. We, we lift up her sister into faith, Sheila, who her cousin Mike had passed away, and that's Mike's wife, Lord. We we pray for her and lift her up. We ask that you will watch over their hearts, Lord, and, and keep them during these difficult days. Lord, we pray that you will just guide us through this place in Mark 4, that we may rejoice in how our Savior conquers the grave, how our Savior conquers the devil, conquers the flesh, and then shows us how to do it. We're thankful, Lord, and we pray that you will bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Many things in a brand new year to have and pray for. Not to have to pray for, but to have and to pray for. A lot of things that are going on in in people's lives, but that's the blessing of prayer. God has granted us this beautiful power to be able to come intimately into contact with Him and to take all of the cares that we have, all of the burdens and struggles that we're going through, and lay them at His feet. And at that, we may be able to rejoice in the work that He's able to do because of a beautiful thing that happens inside of our hearts called faith. The question As is always the question, do you believe? Well, we come to Mark chapter number four. We we just began looking at this yesterday, but I had to stop because of how, how beautiful it was and I wanted to get the fullness of it in. Here in Mark chapter number four, yesterday 
we ended with the Holy Ghost, being filled with the Holy Ghost. And the fact that that as becoming a child of God, we are indwelt by the Holy Ghost. We, he, he comes inside of us, is sent by the Father. He seals us under the day of redemption. He begins to open our heart and our, our understanding to God's Word so that we're better able to connect with God. We grow in this manner as we feast upon the riches of God's Word, the very bread of life. We continue to grow stronger. And and as we learn of God, we talk with God. Our prayer life becomes stronger. Our study life becomes more intense. Then God has a, a prepared vessel so when you have begun the study of your Bible, not just reading your Bible through every year to say that you have done it, but when you've begun an intimate study of the Bible, that, that a study so intense that every day in your study it draws you into prayer and you're talking with God and, and just amazed at who he is, what he's done, and how he works. An, an intimate study and an intimate time of prayer, the, the days go by, you've feasted on God's word. You're a ready person. You want to get out there and you want to tell people what God is doing. Tell them who God is and the necessity of salvation for all who would believe. You take off out the door. You have no idea who you're going to talk to. You have no idea what opportunities are going to pop up. And God begins the work. God begins to use you. And as you come into contact with people, you begin to feel this overwhelming presence to tell them about Jesus. And that that is what's happening about this full of the the Holy Ghost. It's, it's not that you need some second blessing to come in and, and fill you up. That's not the case at all. Upon salvation, he dwells within you. But in order for you to know him and be connected to him, you've got to be in the word of God. And that communion between the Holy Spirit that dwells within us to the word of God on the page before us really builds this great relationship between us and the Spirit as we are led by him. See, as the scripture in verse 1 says, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, it's those moments where the Spirit draws you to another person. He draws you to another soul. The Spirit moves in your heart, and you just get up off the couch and say, we've got to go out. We've got to go down uh, to the market or go to here. And then you come across that person as the Holy Spirit has been leading in this whole thing, and you begin to share with them the gospel, and perhaps they receive Christ, or perhaps they, they say, you know, I, I can't believe this is happening right now because I, I was thinking about this subject, but but I didn't know where to turn or, or didn't know who to ask. Well, the Holy Spirit knows because the Father knows and the Father's directing the Spirit. And if we're connected to the Holy Spirit, the Spirit will be directing us. Well, and this is the case with Jesus. He was he was in a moment where he was it, it became intense with him. He he was led by the Spirit. He just he knew this wilderness was the direction in which he needed to go. And for 40 days he's out there in this wilderness and he's just communing with the Spirit. He's communing with the Father, because why is he out there? Nobody knows. I would question that Jesus is wondering, okay, I've, I've been led to this wilderness, just like Israel was led to a wilderness for 40 years. Here I am. 
uh, in this wilderness for 40 days. And so instead of going, well, why am I here and kicking rocks around? He just simply separates himself from the situation he's in and he communes with the spirit. He just, it's, it's not meditation. This isn't oriental or near or far eastern meditative practices this isn't yoga this isn't all of those things that would draw us into a manipulation of spirits or draw us into demonic possessions this is jesus just separating himself from the situation of being in a wilderness and just getting alone with god you know sometimes when we're in dire straits and sometimes when we're in great struggles. And I, I think about Jeff's life in this, at this period of time, and I think about the intensity of struggle that he's going through, and oftentimes the sharp and intense pains that he's having to face. And it's in these moments that th- this lesson that we can learn from Jesus is so valuable, because at this moment, what would it be like to separate yourself from the situation that you're in at this moment? And just commune with God. Just commune with God. Commune with the Spirit in you and commune with God. And have that time of fellowship. Even in the midst of the struggle. Even in the midst of pain. I can only imagine what it was like to be John, the Apostle John, who wrote the book of Revelation, as he's exiled to this island of Patmos after having been dropped in a in a big old vat, a big old pot, Uh, large enough for a man, certainly full of boiling oil. And that is, you have to understand that his skin has been impacted by this, this, this devastating heat. This, this, his skin just is burned all over from being dropped in this, this, just this pot of boiling oil being cooked on a fire. And it was supposed to have killed him, but it didn't. And so, for him to die, they just take him and in, in, in exile him, drop him off on this island so that, that he is there alone simply to die. And with with the, the potential of third degree or better burns all over John's body, the, the pain, just the intensity of pain that he would be feeling in that moment, in that in that intensity of suffering because it's a, it's a fresh event that's just taking place but he separates himself from his situation and he just communes with god and and without that separation of his situation and the communion that he that he'd have with the lord we wouldn't have the book of revelation but it was the very desire, the very intense desire to, to commune with God and be separated from his situation that would allow God, and, and not that, that John's saying, okay, I give you permission, not the case, but that, that God working through John's desire to be with him would, would give God the opportunity to be able to pull him up in the spirit out of that flesh into the moment of revelation and give him the full book. All while the body, as though it seemed it would be in a coma or as he would seem to be dead, is laying there in its comatose state, healing from its infirmity, while John and his spirit is with God in the throne room of heaven, recording in his heart 
in his spirit recording all of these events that he would come back into his flesh to then give us as the book of Revelation. Something to think about, but it's pretty powerful if you consider being separate from your situation in full estate of communion with God. Hey, anything is possible with God. So people say, Pastor, you crazy now. You're talking about things. Look, I read the Bible. I saw how it worked. I saw what they said. And I know that anything is possible to the fully surrendered soul. I know anything is possible to those who have committed their heart to Christ and serve Him faithfully. I know there is. Anything's possible. Praise God. So we look down from that filling of the Holy Ghost, which I hope you get today. I hope the Lord wells up within you in this time of communion that you and I have at this four o'clock hour, that it becomes overwhelming with His presence, that the joy of the Lord so floods your soul that you just, you don't have any other option but to rejoice. What a blessing that would be. So we see like Israel in the wilderness for 40 years, that Jesus would be found 40 days in the wilderness. Now, the devil didn't come to him at the 40th day and begin tempting him. As you see in the scripture here, the devil for the entire 40 days was tempting Jesus. A lot of people have this idea that the devil left him alone until he believed he was at his weakest point, and then he came to Jesus to tempt him, but that's not true. The devil works us over all the time. There's not one day that you haven't woke up on this side of the dirt that that old devil in some way or form or fashion was going to be tempting. Pardon, is going to be tempting to you. And so it comes down being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days, Jesus didn't eat anything. What in the world is going to happen to Jesus? He didn't eat anything. He didn't eat anything for 40 days. What's going to happen to Jesus? How in the world did he survive 40 days without eating anything? Well, the reality of that is it says it's entirely possible. You could do this. And no, you won't enter into a state of starvation. And no, your body won't begin to break down and destroy itself. You, you can actually do this. Now, so one of the books that, that I own personally that I really enjoy reading, and I read it mainly because of the potential of diabetes within my own family's line, but also for the multitudes of people that I've worked with who have either the onset of diabetes or, or they are hypoglycemic or you know the, the different challenges that are faced before you actually get diagnosed as having like a type 2 diabetes. And this book is called The Obesity Code. The Obesity Code. It's written by a, a nephrologist, a doctor who works with diabetic patients. His name is Dr. Jason Fung. And one of his prescribed measures, oddly enough, is not metformin and it's not medications. One of his prescriptions that he gives to the patients that, that come to him first and foremost is fasting. He gives them a regimen of fasting. And ultimately, he's going to begin them on a one-week fast to start the process of, of helping them learn how to overcome their situation with diabetes. 
So he begins them with a one-week fast. And and you imagine what it, what it's like to only get one meal in a day and how hungry you are. Think about the fact you're giving up even that one meal for a whole week. And so uh, right now you're thinking, you are nuts. There is no way I would die. Well, the reality is, is that you wouldn't die. Well, let me take that back. You you could if your if your water intake, if your liquids are not sufficient, you're not drinking enough, which is a challenge with Virginians without question. Uh, they don't understand what the stuff is, the clear stuff that comes out of the faucet. They don't have any idea. A lot of Virginians don't have any idea what that stuff is because they think it tastes so bad. But they'll down 36 or 48, like two or three cases of of Coca-Cola or Pepsi or some kind of product. And just because it says diet, they think they're okay. Uh, They'll suck that stuff down like it's the water that's coming out of that faucet that they're scared to drink because it tastes bad. uh, Mainly because they don't have any correct taste buds anymore. And so, needless to say, the, the reason why we're in such a pickle with obesity as well as with with diabetes and a lot of these different uh, illnesses that that majoritively relate to uh, the obesity situation in our country, not saying that all diabetes comes from that position, but a majority of the cases that this particular doctor works with actually through fasting helps people get out of their diabetic situation by getting into a right a right size, needless to say. So it's really exciting when you start thinking about this fasting that you see where Jesus in those days, 40 in number, he didn't eat anything and afterward he was hungry. Well, it, it stands to reason that, yeah, after 40 days, you're probably going to be pretty pretty hungry, but it's possible it you could do it. Well, needless to say, even in this church, Morgan's Church, the youth have done what's called a 36-hour fast. In other words, for for 36 hours, they would come together, maybe do a lock-in or something of that nature, and they would they would uh, just not eat. They would they would surround themselves by by conversations of the Word of God and readings of the Word of God, and they would they would work with each other and watch each other and talk about the difficulties they're having with hunger or what have you, but they would go 36 hours, and or, or not 36, but 72, that's right, it was three days, 72 hours, and, and it was a fast to recognize those who are hungering and, and, and suffering with, with uh, in, in third world countries, uh, and 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 it was recognition with with uh, voice of the martyrs that that this the intensity of struggle that people are having to go through in the world and the fact that we as Americans were so used to having that when we go without our body completely rebels against us but the reality is is your body is designed to be able to handle going without food for us a, a, a specific period of time. Uh, Every meal you eat, there's a mechanism inside of your body called insulin, and every meal you eat, the insulin's going to spike. And what the insulin's job is, is to retain a portion of the food that you ate and store it into what's called fat storage cells. It's basically like like when you eat some food, it's like you go into the, the, the grocery store and as you get the groceries, that's like putting the food in. It's, you're going and you're going to put it into your refrigerator. So when you put food in your mouth, it's like you putting the food in the refrigerator. 
a portion of that's going to be stored inside of that refrigerator for later use and and then you're going to use whatever you you've got to use right then well the same thing happens with the body as the insulin levels spike it retains a portion of that food it stores it up in what's called fat storage cells so that when your when your body has to go for an extended period of time in between the meal you just ate and the next meal, maybe you only got one meal in that day, your body isn't going to shut down and it isn't going to quit functioning. It's going to be upset with you. You're going to have hunger pains. You're going to feel, you're going to grumble and everything else. Uh, a lot like a person who's who hadn't gotten that meal, they're going to be fussy. Well, their stomach and everything is going to be fussy too. But you're not going to end. You're not going to die. You're not going to. You're not even going to slow down because once your mind gets engaged in something other than having a meal, you'll actually go into work and you'll you'll be able to function just fine. You'll be able to do your work just fine. You'll you, you'll be able to do things because your body changes from from what comes into it to what comes out of it, and it begins to break down those fat storage cells because that's what saved them in the first place to be able to give your body energy to keep working. And so it, it's really exciting when you get into the world of fasting, what, what it really means, not just fasting as far as, as physical fasting, but also in a conversation I had with Mike Walker not too long ago, the, the reality of spiritual fasting. You see, uh, just like our body, when we put food into it, it stores all of this stuff, you know, a portion of it into the fat storage cells. So also, our spirit gets overloaded with all kinds of toxins, from the television shows that we would watch, to the music that we would listen to, to the the talk radio we would pull in. And we're taking all of these different things that we're exposed to, and our spirit is storing them up, kind of like fat storage cells is like spirit storage cells or toxic storage cells. And so... Uh, our, our our hearts get so full of all kinds of trash from what we put into it by music and by entertainment venues that when we come to the Word of God, we actually get bored with it. We actually get, get uh, tired of it. When we come to the Word of God, it's not like the other stuff that we've been absorbing that, that has entertained us in some form or fashion. This is not like that, and our soul is saturated with the other things, so the Word of God is then a challenge to try and stay with. So a spiritual fasting would be a separation from the television. It would be a separation from the radio. It would be a separation from those those things which draw our attention and draw our hearts to them and it would be separating ourselves from those things under the word of god for a period of time so that the word of god begins to become precious to us again and the connection with the word of god begins to grow within us again and and the holy spirit is able to purge some of those influences that came from the television or came from the movies or came from the radio or came from the the cds that came from the external influences and the holy spirit can then purge those things and and really connect us back with god where we're supposed to be and that's fasting and so jesus he was physically fasting he was hungry at the end of 40 days but also he was spiritually fasting as he was facing a temptation from the devil every day of that 40 days. 
And verse number three, the, the, the final fight of Satan to overcome the Son of God so that he would not have to be uh, bruised in his head, so to speak, the, the final battle, Satan says, If you are the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Understanding that Jesus, after 40 days, would be hungry. Understanding that, that bread would be the, the sweetest thing to his lips. It, that, that what a joy it would be to actually have some food. Satan, actually, he comes to him where, where temptation is the greatest. And he says, command the stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him saying, it is written. Now this is where you're going to get challenged is because all, most of us certainly would have fallen to that temptation and said, hey, stone, be bread. Hey, stone, be bread. <laughs> Jesus doesn't fall for it. Jesus said, it is written. Now, this is important as a point as well because Jesus is the Word of God. The Word was flesh. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, as it says in John 1.14. So Jesus is the Word of God, and yet Jesus in his flesh does not rely upon himself as, as in the flesh, but relies upon the written Word. This ought to tell you something about Jesus' trust and the authors who had penned the Old Testament. is because Jesus isn't using himself as in his flesh as the guide by which he's going to speak. Jesus in his flesh, though he is 1,000% God, Jesus in his flesh turns to the word as it is written. Now, this is very powerful because as he rebukes the devil, he doesn't rebuke the devil by his power as in the man. He doesn't rebuke the devil by his flesh or by, by anything that is connected to his flesh. The rebu rebuke of Jesus to the devil is by the written word. Oh, Christian, understand that your Bible is your means of rebuking that old devil. Your, the, your Bible, the word of God in your possession is what's going to give you power to rebuke that old devil. The word of God written upon your heart is going to be the testimony that smacks that old devil in the beak. And Jesus, though he could have said, I am the son of God, be gone from me. And that old devil would have had to obey it and just run off from Jesus because you cannot stand in the presence of holy God. No, he doesn't do it. Jesus rebukes him by the statement, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Oh, how powerful. Oh, how powerful. Deuteronomy, chapter number 8. Jesus quotes Deuteronomy, chapter number 8. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Also, so powerful. Thank you, Jesus, for that blessing. 
that I don't live by, by physical food alone. I live because of the Word of God. What is it that but a man will eat today, and he'll eat tomorrow, and he'll eat the next day, and most likely he'll eat himself to death? Meaning that without self-control, without the purpose, without the point of physical fasting at points, and without self-control, uh, man is not limited to to the amount of food that he would consume, and that's where the United States certainly faces its crisis with obesity, is that there is no no break, there is no no hold on on the amount that that any given person can eat. Even the folks that that choose to live on the streets find the fullness of their meals, and and so we see that that it is by bread that we choose to live alone because we often would rather eat a meal than celebrate and and feast upon the word of God, and so we find that that the physical food that we that we eat. No matter how much we eat, no matter how many meals, no matter how long we eat, we're going to die. That food cannot sustain us. We're going to die from it. It's cursed by God. But the Word of God, Jesus said in Deuteronomy 8, as well as here in Luke, as he quotes Deuteronomy, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word of God. And people say, well, wait a minute. Should we be following uh, Christians today? Well, we're not of the Old Testament. We're of the New Testament. Well, guess what? Your Savior was of the Old Testament, and he quoted the Old Testament. And by the way, if Jesus is referring to Mosaic law as his guide to rebuke the devil, then we too should be studying Mosaic law because much of the New Testament is found in Mosaic law. Very important to have in our heart, isn't it? That word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Uh, Jesus had the written word in his heart as he was the written word. And and to maintain his standard against sinning against God, he simply quoted, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And that old devil uh, trying to still win, he takes him up in a high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms in a moment of time. Oh, praise God, I've reached the end of my time. Well, I've got to, I'm not going to give this up. We're definitely going to go over this uh, Monday. We've got to look at what the devil does as he tries to explain how he is the ruler of this world. Uh, you can't pass that up. So we're, we'll definitely hit that on, on Monday. I may even come to you tomorrow. So just. If if you see a, a notification pop up, praise God, click on it because it's going to be me talking about Luke 4, 5 here where the devil takes him up in the mountains and shows him the kingdoms of the world. I don't want to miss that. So uh, definitely, if I don't get to it tomorrow, I will definitely get to it Monday. We will dive into this point because there's so much here. We just don't want to miss any of it. And so... Uh, if not tomorrow, which I doubt I'll do it, but I'm just saying it could happen. So check your check your times. But uh, if not tomorrow, I will definitely catch up to you on Sunday at 11 a.m. I've got a plan. I've got a new uh, a new opportunity to be able to get the sound a lot better for Sunday, and I'm going to be trying something new. So definitely want you guys to tune in just to send me a message to let me know if it sounded better, if you could connect with it better, and. 
and see how that works. And then on Monday, back Luke 4, chapter 4, verse number 5. Praise God. We'll dive into it. So God bless you, keep you, and cause his face to shine upon you guys. And just continue to pray for one another at the beginning of this brand new year. Father, bless us. And we will praise thee in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Till then, God bless. Take care. And remember to share this with others. There is no in-house tonight. Take care.